C. diff, spores, and more is brought to you by Clorox Healthcare, trusted solutions for your infection prevention needs. Visit us on the web at CloroxHealthcare.com. Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here's your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome to the program, and we welcome our listeners joining us today. We would like to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare, for making this program possible. Please visit the Clorox Healthcare website to learn more about their products, keeping environments safer. CloroxHealthcare.com forward slash Radio. It is a great pleasure to welcome our guest, Dr. Joseph Sliman, MD, MPH, Chief Medical Officer of Synthetic Biologics. Dr. Sliman joins us today to discuss protecting and preserving the gut microbiome. At this time, I would like to welcome our guest to the program. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Sliman. Oh, thanks, Nancy. I'm happy to be here once again. Well, we're so glad to have you back again and give us updates, and we're looking forward to learning more about everything that Synthetic Biologics and you are dedicated to. So, and we won't waste any time, and Dr. Sliman, would you like to take this opportunity to tell us more about and introduce Synthetic Biologics and your mission? Well, sure, Nancy. So, at Synthetic Biologics, um, we are a biotechnology company uh, located in Rockville, Maryland, and uh, we like to think of ourselves as pioneers in microbiome science. Um, what we do here is um, we're focused on advancing therapeutics that are innovative and designed to protect and preserve human health. Uh, and so what that really means is our focus is in microbiome research uh, and in microbiome-focused therapeutics, uh, things that will directly impact your microbiome to preserve and help you stay healthy, preserve your health and help you stay healthy. Okay. And that's a wonderful introduction. And thanks so much, Dr. Sliman. Would you mind taking this um, time and explain uh, exactly what is microbiome and what role does it play in human health? (laughs) Sure. So the microbiome is all of the microorganisms that live in and on your body and in and on your environment. So think of it as a big ecosystem, right? I mean, you think of it as a forest or a jungle or any other type of natural ecosystem that evolves together and is all maintained in balance and in harmony. Your microbiome is consists of trillions of different organisms, bacteria, viruses, archaeons, other forms of primitive life that exist within you and on you for your benefit. They have co-evolved with you, uh, and they are all supposed to be there, and they all serve a specific function in your body uh, and in your health. Okay, and Dr. Sliman, is it safe to say that each person has their own individual microbiome system? Uh, I would think that is definitely safe to say. While there's definitely um, microbes and microorganisms that are common across different people uh, and across even different species around, you know, different parts of the globe, um, every person is an individual and every individual, based on their genetics, their diet, their location, uh, the air they breathe, everything around them has an individualized balance 
of these microorganisms and their microbiome. So yes, everybody's microbiome is individual. Thanks for explaining that. And Dr. Sleiman, what commonly causes disruption of the microbiome and how can these disruptions affect our health? Uh, well, lots of things can disrupt your microbiome, uh, can change it both for good and for bad. Um, again, the things like the food we eat, the air we breathe, uh, toxins, or even everyday substances that we're exposed to. But when we think about true disruptions to our microbiome, what we're really thinking about is things that we put into our bodies um, that either significantly alter or wipe out entire, you know, parts of this microbiome. And to be honest, the biggest culprit um, of them all is something that we use all the time and is very important to human health, and that is antibiotics. Antibiotics cause significant, inadvertent usually, disruptions in the human microbiome and with potentially both short and long-term bad effects. And talking about antibiotics, Dr. Simon, can you explain some of the long-term side effects experienced with the use of antibiotics? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because the long-term effects are the ones we're most concerned about. From the time that we're children, little babies, in fact, um, it, today's day and age and now for several generations, we've been exposed to antibiotics at a ver- at, you know, even since infancy. You get an ear infection, a sinus infection, um, any a strep throat, any number of different things for which antibiotics are good and useful. Antibiotics are prescribed, usually appropriately, sometimes inappropriately, but usually for the right reasons. And these antibiotics can get into your system. They circulate in your bloodstream. They do what they're supposed to do, but the side effect is that they uh, are still active in your body in places where they're not necessarily intended to be. Um, For example, if you take an antibiotic for an ear infection, the antibiotic gets into your blood, it circulates, it goes, it kills the infection, but then your body eliminates it through your gut. And the antibiotic remains active in the gut and it eliminates, it eradicates or kills a lot of the susceptible bacteria that are in your gut. Those bacteria that are supposed to be there, well, they get wiped out. And as a result, the balance of our gut microbiome changes. And if organisms that produce you know, enzymes or uh, metabolic products or other things that are supposed to be there get wiped out, well, then you can see how our balance, our you know, natural health gets disrupted that way. Exactly. And thanks, Dr. Simon, for explaining that. Dr. Simon, what steps can listeners take to protect themselves from the harmful effects of antibiotics? Well, right now, the most important thing that we can think of with respect to um, the side effects of antibiotics is simply to make sure that we're being prescribed antibiotics appropriately. So the right antibiotic for the right infection at the right time for the right length of time. Um, Again, Antibiotics are important, and they're an enormous step forward in the uh, practice of medicine and the treatment and preservation of human health. Um, So it's important to understand that when you are prescribed an antibiotic, when you go to the doctor, sometimes an antibiotic is necessary, sometimes it's not. Um, However, even when we take antibiotics appropriately, sometimes they have, you know, the side effect of causing imbalance in, in the 
microbiome. And so in that case, it's important to remember there's things we can do such as, you know, taking probiotics, um, you know, and making sure we eat a balanced diet and all those types of things to attempt to keep our microbiome as intact or as stable as possible. But unfortunately, currently today, there isn't any way to completely eliminate those harmful effects. Um, however, at Synthetic Biologics, we are working on something that is intended to prevent those harmful side effects and the disruption of the gut microbiome when you take antibiotics. Okay. Well, Dr. Slyman, thank you so much for sharing this information with our global listeners at this time. Um, and we are going to pause already for our commercial break. When we return, we will continue discussing protecting and preserving the gut microbiome with our guest, Dr. Joseph Slyman, MD, MPH, Chief Medical Officer of Synthetic Biologics. Stay tuned, and we will be right back after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Join us on November 8th and 9th at the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Philadelphia Airport Hotel. For conference information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 919-201-1512. We can't wait to see you at this year's conference. Call 919-201-1512 or visit cdifffoundation.org and we'll see you in November. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing, number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You 
You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Joseph Sliman, MD, MPH, Chief Medical Officer of Synthetic Biologics, joining us today to discuss protecting and preserving the gut microbiome. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Sliman. Thank you, Nancy. You're welcome, and thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here. We really appreciate that. That's my pleasure, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Well, before break, Dr. Simon, you touched upon the negative side effects of antibiotic use. Can you tell us more about how antibiotics work in the body, what they treat, and how they lead to such destruction in our gut microbiome? Sure. So, um, of course, there are many different kinds of antibiotics out there, and uh, that makes sense because there's lots and lots of different kinds of organisms that can infect us and get into places they're not supposed to be. Um, and we use those different types of antibiotics for different types of infections. So, um, for example, um, we, sometimes we end up with a sore throat, especially as kids, right? And we go to the doctor and you're prescribed an antibiotic for strep throat. You have a positive strep test. And so you have a strep infection in your tonsils or in the back of your throat and you need an, a prescription for antibiotics. Sometimes you, uh, you know, you might be sick with the flu over the winter time, and it develops into an infection in your lungs, and that's pneumonia, and you might need to be admitted to the hospital for several days of intravenous antibiotics. You know, put a line in your arm and pump the antibiotics directly in. Uh, sometimes that's the more effective way to get the antibiotic in and circulating. Um, in all these cases, the antibiotic is designed to be um, absorbed either directly into the blood, like in the case of an IV, or through the stomach or really through the intestine, through the gut and into the bloodstream that way. The antibiotic circulates. It finds the infection. It um, finds the organisms that it's supposed to get rid of, and it kills them. And as it does that, your body, your liver specifically in general, um, extracts the antibiotic from the blood and it excretes it into the gut um, where it passes out the other end um, and is eliminated from the body. The main problem here with the antibiotic is that it remains active. Most antibiotics will remain active the whole way through until they are excreted completely. So as they're traveling throughout your intestine, they're still active. And, well, if they're still active, they're killing anything they come in contact with that's susceptible. So all those bugs, all those microorganisms in your gut microbiome that are susceptible to whatever the antibiotic is are affected negatively and they're killed off. Um, that's obviously a bad thing because the, uh, in general, the only organisms that are left that remain after repeated doses of antibiotics are the organisms that are resistant to multiple antibiotics. Um, and the organisms that are multi-drug resistant tend to be the bad ones that cause disease. They are usually kept in check in this ecosystem in your gut um, 
they're kept from overgrowing, of course, because there's so many different populations of other bacteria in there that have all their own jobs. But now they've all been wiped out, and the only thing that's left are these microorganisms that are multidrug resistant, and they have nothing else to do but eat and grow based on all the nutrients that are now available because everybody else is gone. All the neighbors are gone, and they're the only ones left. And that's how you end up with, um, you know, bad uh, sequela bad results in your gut by having overgrowth of resistant and bad bacteria. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Didn't know there was so much, and we didn't know that uh, um, the antibiotics stayed active even after they were taken for a while. Good well, to know. Important. And, yeah, and importantly, I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right, is C. diff. Well, mm-hmm. C. diff is one of those drugs, or excuse me, is one of those bugs, right? Bugs, drugs, drugs, bugs. C. diff is one of those multidrug-resistant microorganisms that is generally kept in check by your gut microbiome. But mm-hmm. when, when all your susceptible, normal microflora are wiped out, what's left is C. difficile, and it grows quickly. And when it grows quickly, it can cause pathogenic you know, changes, uh, inflammation, bleeding, diarrhea, et cetera, in, in the intestine. Um, and leads to febrile toxic diarrhea. Um, and, of course, anybody who's had C. diff knows what the consequences are. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. It's, um, it's really life-threatening. It's really um, very difficult for the practitioner nowadays, and uh, it's just difficult for the patient to get over this uh, infection right now. But that leads us to the good news of how your SIN-004 and rebaximase, um, you can explain to us how it can help to protect the gut microbiome from the antibiotic disruptions and um, that you've, men- you've mentioned before. Yeah, so rebaximase, uh, our code name here, is uh, SIN-004, but it's got the generic uh, name rebaximase. Um, it, is, it has a very simple, direct means of working. Um, so most of the antibiotics that we use today, and by most I mean eh, 60%, two-thirds of all the antibiotics that are used are a class of antibiotic called beta-lactams. And that just has to do with the type of um, you know, molecular structure that they have and where they act um, in killing the uh, microorganisms. So it's a common theme, basically. Um, but they're part of a big class called beta-lactams. Ribaximase and the code there is ASEAs at the end, it's an enzyme, and it's a beta-lactamase, and it has one job, and all it does is it cleaves or it cuts and inactivates beta-lactam antibiotics. So um, it is designed to be given concurrently at the same time as, in this case, intravenous beta-lactam antibiotics, um, to inactivate those beta-lactam antibiotics in the gut and prevent the, the antibiotics from having those adverse effects of knocking out the good bacteria in your gut. Um, it, I mean, it's a very, very simple approach. It took a lot of work over the years for our formulation team to put it together so that it works properly in the part of the gut we need it to work in, but it is a very specific and straightforward means of harnessing nature. It is based upon a naturally occurring enzyme um, to harness nature to do its own job, what it's designed to do, to protect and preserve our own gut microbiome. 
Okay, well, thank you for that, Dr. Sliman. And can you explain how does rabaximase differ from the bugs as drugs approach that we often hear about? Yeah, so uh, typically when we refer to bugs as drugs, um, we're talking about replacing somebody's microbiome with a, I want to call it synthetic, but with a, a series of organisms that are being delivered um, from an outside source. So in other words, we grow bacteria, kind of like a probiotic in a way, um, and when somebody takes an antibiotic and their gut microflora is wiped out, we give them the probiotic, we give them the bugs as drugs. Sometimes it can be done through what's known um, as a um, fecal transplant, which is putting feces from some donor or from sometimes the same person um, back into the colon. Um, But in all these approaches, it's replacing the microbiome with a different microbiome. Rabaximase is different in that it's designed specifically to help preserve your own existing microbiome. Remember how we talked earlier about everybody's microbiome is unique. It's different. It's tailored to your own specifications for your own needs. We believe that using the power of nature, which is what we're doing in harnessing this enzyme, we are helping to preserve what nature intended your microbiome to be. So we protect your existing microbiome in the hopes that nature knows best and it will work out the organisms that are supposed to be there in the right combinations, organization, concentration, et cetera, that they're supposed to be in. We, are, we have designed Robaximase to be given orally, so as a pill, concurrently with IV antibiotics. And what happens is the IV antibiotic is injected into your bloodstream directly, like it's supposed to be. It circulates. It does its job. And then, as is natural, it's pulled out of the blood and excreted into the gut. Our pill, Robaximase, is given concurrently. It survives the stomach. It's formulated to then begin uh, coming out of its uh, pill form, basically, in the um, early part of the small intestine, right where uh, the antibiotic is excreted, and it meets the antibiotic in the gut, it inactivates it, and it prevents it from causing any damage inadvertently to the gut microbiome. Okay. And Dr. Simon, you recently announced Synthetic Biologics has reached agreement with the FDA on the design of a Phase three clinical program for Rabaximase. Can you tell us about the Phase three trial design? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So our Phase three trial design will be, um, I guess the easiest way to put it, will be a larger version of our Phase two b study that was successful. Um, our intent is, in general, to enroll patients who are being admitted to the hospital who um, are being admitted for IV antibiotic therapy, uh, IV beta-lactam therapy specifically, for any number of different infections, um, pneumonia, urinary tract infection, those types of things. Um, And they'll be randomized um, based upon um, nothing other than, you know, the normal procedures. Uh, Half will be given their IV antibiotic, and oral rabaximase, and the other half will be given IV antibiotic and oral placebo. And our primary endpoint will be um, the incidence of 
C. difficile infection in those patients and comparing the number of people who get it in the treatment group compared to the placebo group. Um, it's just that simple. And we'll also be looking as a co-primary endpoint at um, the safety of the patients as well. So we want to look at uh, both regular safety measures of adverse events and serious adverse events, um, as well as fatal events and anything like that. Um, you know, things that would normally occur for patients who are admitted to the hospital with severe infections. Um, and we'll also be looking at uh, levels of IV antibiotic in the bloodstream um, to ensure that we're not having any effect that way as well. Okay. Well, Dr. Simon, you mentioned that efficacy and safety will be evaluated as separate and uncoupled primary endpoints. What does that yes. mean exactly, and why is that important for a clinical trial of this nature? Yeah, so that's a good question, actually. So efficacy will be the incidence of C. diff in, in one group compared to the other, and safety, of course, will be the incidence of different types of safety events between one group and another. Um, under normal circumstances, uh, in a study where you would enroll a group of patients who have a condition, who have a diagnosis, and then you would test one treatment versus another, um, not only would you evaluate something like response rate between the two groups, but um, you would have to treat any patient for whom you don't get follow-up data, um, whether they got better or not, or whether they stayed in the study or not, or whether they died or not, those types of things. Anybody whose data is considered missing um, is considered a treatment failure, and that's so that we err on the side of caution when evaluating a drug's safety, um, as well as efficacy, of course. That's how you would normally do it. But in a prevention study like this, where we have to enroll lots and lots and lots of patients who are at risk, only to see, you know, two, three, five percent of those patients actually develop C. diff, um, and that's only in the placebo group, right? We're, hopefully, we won't see any in the treatment group, but your baseline rate will be very low, but your expected rate of missing data, so patients who drop out of the study patients who die due to their underlying illness, um, et cetera, the risk uh, of patients, for example, who need IV antibiotics in the hospital for pneumonia, the risk of death is upwards of 10% in these patients. Um, and so when you have a, a study that evaluates missing data that occurs at a rate two or three times as often as the endpoint, it washes out your endpoint. You won't be able to evaluate your endpoint. It'll be overwhelmed by missing data. So therefore, it's very important to look at efficacy separate from safety. Safety still has to be balanced. It has to be, you know, similar if not beneficial to the, um, you know, in the, the new treatment compared to existing. But it, importantly, you have to look at efficacy, in this case, the incidence of C. diff separately from safety. Okay, and Dr. Swami, before we go to break, what could a future with rivaximase in the hospital setting look like for CDI pathogenic overgrowth and antibiotic resistance? Um, in the hospital setting, I mean, what, we're, what we see right now is we see just a, a myriad proliferation of antibiotic stewardship programs, right, which are all very good. The whole thing we talked about beginning of the program, which was making sure the appropriate antibiotic is or is um, prescribed for the appropriate uh, indication for an appropriate length of time, et cetera. 
But even in those circumstances, we still see selection of pathogenic, multidrug-resistant organisms and the emergence of resistance in the population of organisms that are in the hospital. With rabaximase, the objective is that if you come into the hospital for IV um, therapy, for IV uh, antibiotic therapy, that is, you'll be treated at the same time with oral rabaximase. And it will prevent not just C. diff, but the emergence of resistant organisms. And it will prevent the emergence of antimicrobial resistance throughout the hospital. Um, if you reduce the selective pressure on microorganisms to be resistant to antibiotics, then theoretically you could be able to prevent or reduce at least the incidence of these resistant organisms from popping up and spreading. So the goal here is not just to prevent C. diff, it's to prevent emergence of all um, pathogenic and resistant organisms, and we're going to evaluate the potential for rabaximase to do that in phase three. Okay. Well, Dr. Simon, thank you for providing these important points, and we are going to pause right now for a commercial break. When we return, we will be discussing protecting and preserving the gut microbiome with our guest, Dr. Joseph Slyman, MD, MPH, Chief Medical Officer of Synthetic Biologic. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. To help support the C. diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll-free 1-844-4-C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 8th and 9th at the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Philadelphia Airport Hotel. For conference information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 919-201-1512. We can't wait to see you at this year's conference. Call 919-201-1512 or visit cdifffoundation.org, and we'll see you in November. 
The CDF Foundation offers global community support sessions. CDF can affect anyone at any age at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety, as well as learn about upcoming events, teleconferences, and support sessions. To register for a session, call the CDF Foundation at 1-844-4-C-DIF. 1-844-367-2343 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to C. diff, spores, and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now, back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for joining us today. It is a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Joseph Fleiman, MD, MPH, Chief Medical Officer of Synthetic Biologics, here to discuss protecting and preserving the gut microbiome. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Fleiman. Thanks, Nancy. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, we're happy you're here, too. And, Dr. Fleiman, we have talked a little bit about rabaximase. But you are also working on a second lead microbiome-focused program, SYN010, or SYN010, for the treatment of irritable bowel syndrome with constipation. Could you take a moment and explain the relationship between the gut microbiome and IBS and what role SYN010 plays in this relationship? Sure. Uh, so... SYN10, um, for the treatment of irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, um, is similar to rabaximase in that it takes a very specific and targeted approach. Um, the, as far as the gut microbiome and IBS goes, um, most just to back up for one brief second, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, is a functional disease of gut movement or motility. And so the therapies that exist that are all in the market today, whether they're over-the-counter um, or, for that matter, natural, right, the form of fiber or laxatives um, or the things that are available through prescription, they all have similar function. They all move mass through the large intestine and out. That's their goal, either causing the gut to squeeze or by putting liquid in, you know, water into the um, large intestine to help move the mass out. None of those address the actual cause of constipation, though. Um, again, remembering that IBS is a functional disease. Um, it's defined by not just a lack of bowel movements, but, uh, or at least with constipation, um, but with the pain and the bloating that comes along with it. Um, the gut microbiome plays, at least as far as our research shows us, a pivotal role in 
um, in how our bodies perceive the pain, the bloating, or rather, more importantly, normal gut function and feeling. Um, there are organisms in the gut that sole job is to ferment uh, you know, the vegetables and the fiber mass that we eat when we eat salad or asparagus or any number of green leafy things. Um, those organisms produce hydrogen gas. And then there's another organism in the gut that is, again, supposed to be there. It's part of your normal function, part of your normal flora. Um, its entire job is to scavenge um, that hydrogen gas and create energy by turning that hydrogen gas into methane gas. When that organism overgrows or when it produces too much methane gas, we get constipation. Methane is the cause of constipation in the gut, at least according to our research it is, and we believe that that is the primary reason for IBS constipation. And that methane causes both gut irritation as well as physical barrier to movement of mass and that irritation is what causes the pain and the bloating and so forth um, that is characteristic of IBS. SIN-10 is designed specifically to reduce the amount of methane produced by that organism, which thereby reduces the symptoms because it's reducing the cause of the constipation um, in the gut microbiome due to that one organism. Okay. And Dr. Simon, could you describe the current treatment options available for an individual who is diagnosed with IBS constipation or IBSC? Uh, yeah, so uh, like I was saying, um, the current therapies are focused on moving mass. So again, you know, whether it's to bulk up the gut with fiber, so, you know, things like Metamucil, that type of stuff, um, or whether they are actual laxatives. Um, either over-the-counter or by prescription, um, those laxatives do two things. They squeeze, they cause the gut to squeeze, that is, um, or they cause secretion of more fluid into the gut in order to lubricate and move the mass along. That's all they are. That's all they do. They, it's variations on a theme. Um, SIN-10 is designed to specifically block methane production in a archaic form of bacteria, which is known as an archaeon, Methanobrevibacter smithii. It, it is designed to specifically block methane production in that organism, um, which, again, as I just described, reduces the amount of methane present in the gut, reduces the amount of bowel irritation, and thereby uh, improves the symptoms of IBS and also having the effect of improving bowel movements in patients with constipation. Okay, so Dr. Simon, how is SIN-10 unique from current therapies? Well, it's the only one that uh, has any effect on methane. Um, I mean, in the end, the goal for all these therapies is to improve bowel movements and reduce pain and bloating. But the current therapies... Um, they don't do anything to stop the actual process of constipation, I guess is the, the right way to put it. They take the current situation, the mass, and get rid of it. That doesn't do anything to help the gut function normally. At Synthetic Biologics, okay. I mean, our whole, you know, kind of goal here is to protect and preserve human health, to kind of optimize your body being able to do 
what it's supposed to do. Um, SIN 10, which is a, it's actually a formulated or I should say reformulated version of the drug lovastatin, um, is designed to actually address the symptoms, the actual cause of constipation, um, the origin of constipation, and that's the methane production. Lovastatin was originally designed, actually, or it was originally researched um, way back when, 25 to 30 years ago, um, to reduce methane production in animals um, because it was essentially being researched to reduce um, global warming, I guess is the, the best way to put it, to eliminate cow farts. Uh, but they were unable to produce a version of it that was effective in ruminants. They also noticed at the time that it had the side effect of reducing blood cholesterol, and so it took off from there. Um, but the fact of the matter is that all the original research shows that it reduces methane production in the gut of, of animals. And in applying that research to the human body, as well as to basic bench experiments, we were able to both identify which organism it impacts and to identify that it also works in people. And formulating it for a person is actually quite a lot easier than for a ruminant. Um, and we were able in our phase 2A studies to show the reduction um, in both methane as well as improvement in symptoms. So cause, effect equals um, positive outcomes in the patients. Okay. And Dr. Simon, before we go to break, what are your current plans for the late-stage clinical advancement for rabaximase and SIN10? Um, currently, we have an approved Phase 2B3 program um, with the FDA. Um, we've gone to uh, the end of Phase 2 program, or the end of Phase 2 meeting, I should say, and have a, a uh, Phase 2B3 clinical program approved for SIN10. Um, so a couple, you know, the standard development pathway for phase three, um, two phase three studies, um, and the stuff that goes along with it, um, looking at the exact same endpoints that the other drugs on the market have looked at um, in the past. So it's straightforward. For robaximase, we've actually reached agreement with the uh, FDA here very recently on an outline for um, how the phase three pivotal study would look. Um, we talked about the separation of the efficacy and safety endpoints. Um, and how the primary evaluation of efficacy will be straightforward, simple comparison of incidence of C. diff in the two groups. Um, we are planning on going to an end of phase two meeting later this year, and we're working on getting the protocol done um, right now. Okay. And Dr. Simon, can rabaximase be taken with oral forms of beta-lactam antibiotics to protect the microbiome and prevent C. diff? So the current uh, form of robaximase that is formulated um, and in the clinic is actually designed to be given only with intravenous beta-lactam antibiotics. Um, that has to do with where the IV antibiotics are absorbed and excreted, um, et cetera. Um, we are actually working on a separate formulation of robaximase um, to be taken concurrently with oral antibiotics. Um, and again, that's a formulation issue to make sure that the release of the active form of robaximase is, takes place in the gut after the antibiotic is absorbed um, into the bloodstream, obviously, because we don't want to have any impact on the circulating levels of antibiotic. We are working right now on getting that formulation and that um, dissolution and absorption profile perfected. Great. Well, Dr. Slyman, thank you so much for providing the in-depth information today. And we're going to pause right now for a commercial break. 
When we return, we will be reviewing the key points discussed with our guest, Dr. Joseph Sliman, MD, MPH, Chief Medical Officer of Synthetic Biologics, with our discussion topic of protecting and preserving the gut microbiome. Stay tuned. We'll be, after, we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. To help support the C. Diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free 1-844-4C-DIFF. That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us in our fight against C. diff and help us continue our mission of educating and advocating for C. diff infection prevention, treatments, and environmental safety worldwide. Through your continued support, we can continue raising C. diff awareness and help save lives. Donate today. Visit cdifffoundation.org. Thank you. Join us on November 8th and 9th at the 6th Annual International C. diff Awareness Conference and Health Expo taking place at the Embassy Suites by Hilton Philadelphia Airport Hotel. For conference information and to register online, please visit the C. diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org or call the main office at 919-201-1512. We can't wait to see you at this year's conference. Call 919-201-1512 or visit cdifffoundation.org, and we'll see you in November. Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Clorox Healthcare bleach products, cited by more studies to kill C. diff than any other products. EPA registered to kill C. diff in as fast as three minutes. Trusted disinfectants to kill C. diff spores in hospitals, because even one C. diff infection is too many. Learn more at CloroxHealthcare.com. The CEDIF Foundation offers global community support sessions. C. diff can affect anyone at any age, at any location in the world. Receive support from topic experts sharing information on nutrition, mental health, C. difficile prevention, treatments, and environmental safety. Get answers to your questions. You're not alone. Support is just a phone call or mouse click away. To register for a session, call the C. Diff Foundation at 919-201-1512 or visit us on the web at cdifffoundation.org. Have you done any of these things today? Exited a restroom? Entered and exited a patient's room? Visited a doctor's office? Have you done this today? Washed your hands? Hand washing remains the single most important task of the day. It takes soap, water, a minimum of 30 seconds, and a clean dry towel to turn off faucets and dry hands to stop giving germs a free ride. Keep safe from germs worldwide. Hand washing. Number one in infection prevention. For additional information on hand-washing instructions, visit cdifffoundation.org. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You 
are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome back to the program, and we thank our listeners joining us today. It's a pleasure to reintroduce our guest, Dr. Joseph Wyman, MD, MPH, Chief Medical Officer of Synthetic Biologics. He joins us today to discuss protecting and preserving the gut microbiome. Welcome back to the program, Dr. Slyman. Thanks, Nancy. You're welcome, and we thank you so much for taking time out of your, your busy schedule to be here. And before break, you were discussing SIN-007 and SIN-010. And in your opinion, what impact could Rabaxinase and SIN-007 have on how antibiotic therapies are administered in the future, as well as what this could mean for the prevention of C. diff and antibiotic resistance in hospital settings? Yeah, so uh, SIN-007, the oral um, combination form of Rabaxinase that we're still uh, perfecting, um, it's just one of a number of pipeline products we have that are similar to Rabaxamase um, for the IV formulation um, that we have for various formulations of various antibiotic classes. Um, and so with the ability to cover a significant percentage of antibiotics and antibiotic classes for the majority of um, you know, hospitalized and indicated infections, whether it's inpatient, outpatient, et cetera. Um, to be honest, we here we at uh, Synthetic, we really do envision a world where Rabaxamase and all of these other pipeline programs um, are administered with every dose of antibiotic that you get in the future. So whether it's for an ear infection um, as a kid, strep throat, uh, pneumonia, urinary tract infection, or on down the line um, into late adulthood and um, you know the last years of life, every dose of antibiotic accompanied with a dose of Rabaxamase or one of its sister programs um, to prevent both the incidence of C. diff infection, but also the emergence of antibiotic-resistant organisms and the prevention of dysbiosis in the gut microbiome. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Simon, for explaining that. And Dr. Simon, what's dysbiosis? Dysbiosis is, uh, the straightforward answer is disruption of the microbiome in and on your body. So any reason at all, antibiotics or some other reason, um, a non-normal for you uh, gut microbiome. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining that. I'm sure a lot of our Listeners don't know much, and this is a great teaching tool, and we've learned a lot about the microbiome today and what synthetic biologics is doing to protect and preserve our microbiomes. And Dr. Simon, where do you see the future of microbiome therapies going? Yeah, so uh, again, our, our perspective is that we should be using the microbiome, tapping the knowledge that's available there, um, the things that nature has designed and helped evolve with us. Um, to preserve and protect our own health. It's not so much about replacing things or, you know, even trying to improve them per se, but it's about preserving and protecting a person's own microbiome from birth all the way through life. Um, and I think, my personal opinion, is that the future of microbiome therapy is going to center around identifying and optimizing those therapeutics, those interventions, which help us 
preserve and protect our own gut microbiome and optimize them for our own health. Okay. And Dr. Foreman, before we close the program today, we have covered a lot of information. Can you take a moment to summarize the key points for our global listeners from our our discussion today about the microbiome? Oh, yes, absolutely. So the, the microbiome is your ecosystem. It's your environment. It's supposed to be there. It's part of who you are. It's individualized. Um, and it is there to both protect you and to optimize your own equilibrium and your own personal health. Um, we are working on, and there are a myriad of possibilities out there, but we are working on therapeutics and interventions that will enable the gut microbiome in particular, but your general human microbiome to be as optimized as possible for the protection and the optimization of your own health. That's the future. Um, And the key takeaway is the protection of your microbiome, especially from an early age, is key. Okay. And Dr. Simon, can you share with our global listeners um, your final thoughts and where our listeners can find out more about synthetic biologics and the microbiome-focused programs? Oh, yeah. So if you go to our webpage at syntheticbiologics.com, you'll find all a link to all of our papers and our posters and talks, videos, instructions, um, all, all types of things, uh, as well as uh, explanations of our lead candidates and a lot of the information that I've gone over here, but in more or even less detail, depending on what anybody wants. Um, just as, tar- as far as a final thought goes, um, Antibiotics are a good thing, right? Antimicrobials are among the most important discoveries and developments uh, in the history of human health and, and certainly human medicine. Um, and it's important that we um, use them both intelligently as well as in a manner that is consistent with, in, with um, responsible stewardship to preserve their effectiveness and to preserve their ability to optimize and protect our health. And um, protecting our own microbiomes is, uh, in my opinion, is step number one in doing all of those things. Okay. We thank you so much, Dr. Slyman, for joining us today on C. diff spores and more. And we thank uh, and are grateful for you and your dedication with synthetic biologics and protecting and preserving the gut microbiome and for putting patients first. We'd also like to uh, let you know more about C. difficile infection and recurrent C. diff clinical trials in progress and how you may be able to take part in clinical studies for our listeners. Please look onto the C. diff Foundation's website, www.cdifffoundation.org. Click on the tab clinical trials in progress and please help them to help you to help others. We thank our, uh, extend our thanks to our sponsors for this this Saturday's walk in Teaneck, New Jersey, Newport, Ritchie, Florida, Leicester, England, uh, to Cutis Pharma for their platinum sponsorship, Pfizer and Zenix Disinfection Systems for the gold sponsorship, and Quelthera for their silver sponsorship, and for our annual, sixth annual uh, International C. diff Awareness Conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We thank our, uh, our synthetic biologics, our diamond sponsor, for their awareness uh, and for their support in this year's conference, along with our other corporate sponsors and exhibitors partnering with the CDA Foundation and for joining us this year. We look forward to learning more together in November. 
We send out our get well wishes to all patients being treated and recovering from a C. difficile infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe. I'm your host, Nancy Corrala, with our reminder, none of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. We wish you good health and continued healing and a good day. Thank you for tuning in this week for C. diff, spores, and more. Be sure to join your host, Nancy Kerala, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. None of us can do this alone. All of us can do this together. together.